What's up, guys? Welcome to another episode of KCL's Keto Corner Podcast. Today's episode is with Josh Perry, who is a pro BMX athlete who is also a multiple brain tumor survivor. Josh is an amazing human being. Um, He actually is local to me. Uh, The past couple guests have been local. He lives in Raleigh, North Carolina, um, and his story is just amazing. I was so excited when he agreed to be on the podcast um, and to share his story and to just kind of dive into how he uses keto as his lifestyle and approach to, you know, uh, managing all of the things that he's been through. Um, He's also a coach who uses keto in his practice as well with his clients. Um, He's just an amazing person and I'm super excited for you to listen to this. So I hope you enjoy. doing today i'm doing well yeah thanks for having me i appreciate your time and it's uh looking like a sunny day so no complaints yeah i think we're both seeing the same sun since we live in north carolina <laughs> yeah, you're like a, what an hour and 20 away hour and 30 yeah not bad where are you exactly uh just south of raleigh in apex yeah okay so i'm in graham which is about probably like an hour like uh, give or give or take, depending on traffic. <laughs> yeah, no, that's not bad at all. We'll have to definitely meet up soon and check keto and all that good stuff. Yeah, so I was super excited to have you on the podcast because you have an amazing story, and I I feel like a lot of the people that I know don't know about you. And I mean, I just recently learned about you and your story and everything. So I want to open the floor up to you to tell me everything that happened and what all brought you to keto yeah for sure and likewise i mean i just learned about your story a little bit more in depth uh via another podcast and so i appreciate what you're doing as well and it's great to connect and uh let's see long story short i'm you know cape cod kid born and raised got into school sports like all the other kids and then found bmx and it took over my life you know turned from a hobby to a passion to just what I did. It was just my life. It was everything. And then uh, made the move to Greenville, North Carolina. So about 13 hour drive south, you know, dropped out of high school, actually. Parents supported me on my journey. They always knew I could go back to school or work later on. And uh, I had a shot at, you know, pursuing my dream. I was already traveling, you know, riding the pro level contests and hanging out with like my heroes and mentors and stuff like that. And so it was a pretty surreal time. And I knew the opportunity for my body wouldn't be there in my 30s, 40s, or 50s to start that journey. So I wanted to be one of the best. And so I had to be where the best were, riding the best ramps. And so that was Greenville, North Carolina at the time. And, you know, found my way out there and then had a lot of success in BMX, you know, Red X Games. I was traveling the world, winning contests and inventing tricks, filming video parts, and just really living the dream and some. And, you know, they talk about when you follow your heart and, you know, law of attraction takes over and you put the work in, not only the belief, but the work you know, things manifest larger than you ever imagined. And that's exactly what happened. Now, at the same time, you know, I'm 17, living on my own. I'm hanging out with the, you know, the dudes traveling, partying, like all this stuff. And just like at the time thinking, you know, I'm living the dream. But then at the same time, I'm living like a poor quality lifestyle. You would like processed foods, you know, drinking at a young age, late nights, all this stress that I didn't know was stress. 
And so started 2009, I started getting these debilitating migraines and headaches to where I'd throw up. I was losing my vision and some days I wouldn't leave my room or my bed. I would just bury myself in my pillows. And uh, I'd go to, you know, I went to the urgent care emergency room multiple times with these headaches and classic symptoms of a brain tumor and asking for a scan ignorantly, you know, shouldn't we get a CAT scan, an x-ray, MRI, something? Because every time I went in and asked, they denied me, but then they sent me home with pain pills saying, you're fine. You're actually normal. That's, you know, a lot of people have headaches. You're just, you know, having headaches. Take these, come back if you need more. And that went on for about a year, you know, all 2009. I wrote X Games with a massive brain tumor and didn't know, didn't know I had it. Now, March 2010, I had just turned 21 the November prior. So I just, you know, fresh into my 21 year old adult life and fall and hit my head uh, training, tried a new, new trick and ironically was fearful of under rotating the trick. So I over rotated, got whiplashed and hit my head, got knocked out and had to get an MRI now. It was deemed, you know, necessary to get an MRI. Since you got injured, it was yeah. uh, it, it was fit to, to yeah. finally, you know, x-ray you. So continue. So yeah, I got the MRI and I'm just sitting there by myself, you know, didn't think anything of it. Just, you know, just, this is, this is new. I'm in here now, not because of suffering, but because I hit my head. So didn't think anything about it. And then the doctor comes in, he's like, Hey, so, uh, we got your MRI results. There's no swelling, no, no bleeding. So, you know, the concussion, you know, didn't create any, um, you know, negative effects that way, but there's something in your brain that shouldn't be there. And I was like, man, like, what, is, what does that mean? I didn't think brain tumor. I didn't think brain cancer. I didn't think anything. I just was like, well, what's in my brain? Like I didn't put anything in there. Like what, what's going on? And he went on to say, you know, it's a large mass and we don't know if it's benign or cancerous. And then my heart sunk then. And I didn't care about cancer. I didn't care about benign. I just heard brain tumor. And he went on to say, you know, if you want a shot at living, you know, you need to have this removed as soon as possible. You'll probably never ride again. But, you know, if you want a shot at normal day to day things, you got to have it taken out immediately. So at that point, everything just shut down, shock, you know, I, the, the best way I can word it is like I felt broken, you know. I don't really know how to explain the roller coaster of emotions, hearing that noise, uh, that that noise, that uh, information when you're that young, living your dream, and just in general, just being told imagine. you're gonna die at any age isn't, you know, something we can fathom until you experience it. But, you know, after getting over all that, I, uh, you know, I think it was a couple of days later, reached out to Duke University to talk to Dr. Alan Friedman of all the research I did. He was the top recommended brain surgeon in the world, and. He actually moved some of his patients out of his schedule to get me in as soon as he could, just because he was like, yeah, another month or two, you wouldn't have woken up one day without wow. suffering more and more. You know, at this point, I couldn't even, I couldn't ride anymore because I couldn't see my hand without seeing 20 of them um, and found out why later on. But yeah, he got me in for surgery six hours later, supposed to be four and a half, but because it was wrapped around an artery, my optic nerve took took longer. But um yeah, that's that's when the journey with all this stuff started was, you know, coming out of that surgery and this new perspective and appreciation for my life and go back to riding five weeks later, which was insane. Oh, wow. That is that is insane. So your recovery was fairly quick then, I guess. Yeah, I was home um, uh, two days later, I think, two full okay. days later. Yeah, okay. so it was quicker yeah. than what they expected. That is awesome. So you, what from what I've read, what I've seen you have had multiple brain tumors correct yeah so that was the start <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> April 2010 was the full-on open cranial brain surgery 
2012, a routine scan showed two areas had grown back on the same side of my brain due to the complications of that artery and optic nerve and the doctor not wanting to hit either of them because I could have had a stroke, become paralyzed, you know, bled out, died. The list goes on, which was a fun experience signing off on all those risks, you know, now that I'm 21. But um, yeah, a routine scan showed that two areas had grown back and he said it was just because of the complications. He couldn't risk getting all of them. So he suggested radiation and you know, ignorantly to my mom went through colon cancer for a while back then. And I remember, you know, radiation just doesn't sound fun and just seemed, you know, not something I want to do. So I went to Google and found a technology called Gamma Knife Radio Treatment, which is basically just a computer, um, you know, targeted radio wave treatment and basically zapped the tumors and they shrunk for four years and now become stable since. So that was pretty, pretty amazing. And then at that point too, that's when I started learning more and more about holistic health, specifically high fat, low carb, not keto yet, but, mm -hmm. um, Dr. Perlman's grain brain alluded to it a little bit and actually talks about keto, but not more than a page and a half or so. But I was just like, Oh, this is cool, but let's, let's, let's increase the fat, get rid of the crap. And so that's what started me on that journey. And then yeah, 2017, a third diagnosis occurred where two new tumors on the other side of my brain. And now they're expect or they're suspecting it's a genetic disorder. So I put, you know, my brief understanding of epigenetics and inflammation and all these different pathways. And then that's what led me into, you know, indulging in the ketogenic lifestyle and research and implementing it. So no one in your family has ever had a brain tumor. It's, it's I, I mean, actually, it's genetic, but has anyone had a, had a brain tumor? I just learned uh, recently that my great-grandmother had benign meningioma tumors as well um, wow. on my mom's side. And okay. so that passed down, what, three different generations? Wow. And so, yeah. But, yeah. So, yeah, they, yeah. Say it's not, they say it's not cancerous, but um, it's just this genetic. And also they create spinal cord tumors. So thankfully I just... You know, here's a huge mindset piece. I just have the brain tumors rather than the spinal cord tumors because I don't think I'd be able to ride or work out without being in pain. No, not at all. Um, and it's funny that you mention Grain Brain, that book, mm -hmm. um, because I was just in the gym when I was just texting you, um, and they were actually doing a segment on the news of that book and talking about how grains cause inflammation and all this stuff. And I was just like, I mean, it's nice to finally see some stuff like that out there on uh, on the news, but I had never heard of Grain Brain. So I'm definitely oh, really? going to pick that book up. Yeah. Is that one you recommend? Yeah, no, for sure. I mean, it's it's what put me on the path of like learning about elevated blood sugar levels and the brain health being compromised from it. And he just re they just redid it. So that, I think it's like a new release. And so he's probably doing a lot of promotional things. So it's it's sweet that it's uh, taken, you know, to the uh, the mainstream because it's going to you know help. They, they talk about, you know, so many different things like cholesterol, of course, and then just like the meds that go with it and all these different things and the ins and the outs and I can't imagine what they've updated it with now. So that's great that, yeah. that that's how you saw it was on the news. <laughs> yeah, no, I thought that was so cool. And when I saw it, I was like, huh, I really wanted to take a picture and be like, and post it to Instagram and just be like, look, the world is finally, you know, coming around. But that's definitely a book that I'm going to have to pick up and, and read. Um, so I guess my next question for you is, so the last diagnosis of your tumors was when you decided to start keto dive more into that yep. now um what when was that what what year was that february 2017 so almost okay. two years ago now okay cool so i started keto january uh 
15th, 2017. So that's oh, sweet. But, um, now you're a coach, obviously. When did you start doing all of that? Uh, so after I read Grain Brain, the start of 2014, I enrolled in the Institute of Integrative Nutrition to become a holistic health coach. And it was more so trying to navigate the education path. And I was just learning all sorts of things on Google and getting confused and discouraged. So I was like, let me go through something formal that, I mean, I don't have to go to school because you know I didn't go to college. So I don't need to go get a four-year degree to learn about what I want. And yeah. that's during that program, I got introduced to Mark Sisson and Mark Hyman, who talk about blood sugar levels, high fat, low carb. And, um, you know, I finished up that course with the certification as a holistic health coach and never really did anything with it because I was still traveling, competing and doing demos and filming and all that stuff. And it wasn't until, uh, let's see, that diagnosis last year that put me on this path of like, you know, I went through a lot of different things, but that third diagnosis really helped me get off what I, what I call off self and on purpose. Uh, a friend shared that quote with me a while ago and a story to go with it. So I just love that. Like I was competing for so long, you know, and doing all these things for myself, but I wasn't contributing, you know, maybe I was indirectly by, you know, maybe inspiring some people to ride or follow their dreams, you know, but wasn't really vocal about it. And I was getting more and more vocal about it as I did more interviews and talking about my story. But that third diagnosis really put me on purpose. And I was like, man, competing isn't going to do anything. Like I've been doing it for over 10 years. The, our sport's not that large. It's growing, but I really want to help people and I want to have an impact and no one cares if I compete or not. The people that really support me, they don't, they don't, they don't care if I win or lose. They just care that I show up and I'm happy. So I was like, man, I'm like spending a bunch of money. Like I lost a big sponsor at the time that was going to help pay for everything. And it just didn't make sense financially with the way our sport is and the funding. Like you're spending more money to go. If you win, you make your money back and a little bit. So, you know, being 30 now is just like, what am, what am I doing? Like I want to help people. So that's where, you know, I was like, well, I've been coaching people unofficially and yep. a cool opportunity came for me to perform at a corporate event with a group of my friends and like this, you know, dancing and BMX show they put together. But also the EVP of the company was talking to me, interviewing me basically about my journey. And then got done. He's like, so do you do coaching? And they're, they're all about coaching, business coaching, life coaching, all these things. And in my mind, I was like, I haven't really done it officially yet. But vocally, I was just like, yeah. Of course. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, so he uh, he took he, he took me on as his coach and he's like, you're going to coach me and four other people leading up to this event. We had, I think, three months to go before we, um, you know, or three months to go with the time we started. And that's really what started it was that year. I just was like, man, like this is one of the ways I can give back and, you know, I can help people. I can share this information. I can make some money doing something, you know, that I believe in and is fulfilling. And then, you know, speaking started coming up and, you know, now I'm writing a book. I'm actually writing two different books. So just all these things that encompass what I'm passionate about and then that can, you know, serve, you know, other people in their lives. So, yeah. That is so awesome. I love it. I feel like just from following you recently, I, what a couple months ago, finding you and seeing just everything that you share and your page, you are just someone who really is so selfless. And that is what I admire. Um, it's the people who, you know, want to make a quick buck in the keto community that bother me. It's the people yeah. who see that keto is this big weight loss thing. And the weight loss is a huge aspect of what we do as coaches. It's also more intense healing your body, figuring out what works for you and how keto can work for you. And so um, I kind of want to roll into the next question with with your coaching. Um, obviously, we don't consider keto one size fits all. So like, mm -hmm. how do you take a, an approach to your clients? 
Yeah. And so like you said, like everyone hears about weight loss and like, that's why it's become fad status, even though it's, you know, hugely backed by science and it's the only diet with a biomarker, you know? So it's, uh, it's not a diet, it's a lifestyle, but that word diet has been blown out of the water by society today. So I, it sucks using it, but like at the same time, I don't know, it helps, but yeah. So like my perspective is I don't have a weight loss journey and that's why I appreciate people like you sharing because so many people do and they have someone to look up to and relate and to tell them like, Oh, I can do this too. You know, Mm -hmm. but for me, it was internal, you know, and that's one of my core beliefs is health is internal. I talk about that all the time. And it took me being told you're going to die to really prioritize the health of my brain. And then we think about it, like, why don't we prioritize the health of our brain? Because we can't see it. We never really Mm -hmm. think about it because we don't see it. You know, we think about our limbs and we can break them and they can heal potentially. um, But we we see them, you know, and so it's also one of the the most uh, unscanned or looked at organ in the body, you know. Uh, Dr. Daniel Amen, his work talks about this, you know, psychiatrists just throw meds at it without ever scanning them. So his his work is based on 100 plus thousand scans now mm-hmm. of the brain. So when I work with my clients, I let them know like, hey, my priority is the brain health because everything else is just a, you know, a ripple effect, you know, throughout that. But health is internal, especially for people that have a lot of body fat, specifically in their stomach, like they have to get their liver clean and their liver functioning properly and they have to get their blood sugars dialed in. So the, the people you see out there trying to sell this, you know, keto is this and that, just do it this way, you'll get results, lose 10 pounds in two weeks. They don't tell you the majority of that's going to be inflammation of water. They don't mm-hmm. tell you that there's an adaption period and then you potentially are going to suffer if you don't do things correctly. You know, if you just do fits your macros, like you're not going to do it as well and then you're going to fall off. And I mean, Mark, Mark Sisson talks about in his book, like three weeks is when people usually bail. And it's yeah. like, well, that's usually yeah. when the adaptation process is really getting, you know, digging in. So, the way I take my approach with my clients is really assessing what their goals are, you know, where they're coming from and then what they're trying to do. And then let's set some measurable tasks or action items throughout the next couple of months and really figuring out what works for them. So, of course, I mean, I heard you guys talking about this on the Keto Matrix podcast. Like, yeah, you start everyone at like 70 percent fat, 20 percent protein, 5 percent carbs. But you do that. So it's, you know, it's a baseline. Yep. And then I actually send all my clients now week one, a glucometer from Keto Mojo because I don't care about ketones yet. We need to figure out how your body's responding to glucose. Like some people, I mean, Catherine talks about it in uh, real food keto and like how she can have a little bit of sweet potato and it jacks her blood sugar up to the high 100s, 200s for like hours at a time. And that's just a small amount. Carbohydrates you think people are eating and they they don't know what's doing in the body. So really getting the data is where we start. We get a baseline of the nutritional intake, get baseline data, and then we just assess from there. But as you know, it's a journey and not one size fits all. Not everyone's going to respond well to 5% carbs. Some people have to go like two or just Mm -hmm. stick to 20 total carbs a day and start there, you know? Yep. Yep. That's kind of the approach that I take. Uh, I mean, I I start everyone out at about the same thing, unless they come with to me with other health things that, you know, like thyroid issues or things like that. But um, it's definitely a not a one size fits all. And that's that's kind of my favorite part about it, though, is is finding how it works for people. I mean, it took one of my clients almost three months to finally find her groove and how keto fit for her. Um, And I just, it's, I don't know if it's the uh, type A person in me who likes to fit the puzzle pieces together and stuff, but that's, that's my favorite part about the coaching. So um, yeah, as far as 
like the holistic coaching and the holistic approach. I want to learn more about that. Like I've, I'm intrigued and I, I want to hear more of like how you implement that into your life as well as your, your clients, because I'm assuming not everyone is always open to a holistic approach. Um, so tell me a little bit more about that. Yeah. And for, I mean, holistic health is just the whole, you know, it's everything. Yeah. It's not just one or the other. It's not just nutrition. It's not just, you know, meditation. It's not just exercise. It's everything because everything is a system. And so, you know, we go over, you know, all these different variables, you know, like, where's your mind? What is your self-talk? Where, what is your morning routine? Like, what do you do every day? What, what do you, what are your beliefs? What are your subconscious beliefs you're not aware of, you know? And then of course, nutrition and exercise, but then it's like, all right, are you doing too much exercise for where you're at? Are you trying to cut calories or macros like too soon? Like what really, what are you doing? So it's just everything. And someone may complain about, you know, knee pain. And it's like, all right, well, are you familiar with this or that? No. Okay. Well, have you ever heard of inflammation? Yeah, kind of, but all right. So what are you eating? Well, I have a couple glasses of wine a night, you know, I do this and that. It's like, all right. So like, let's just start cutting that out and seeing mm -hmm. how that affects your knee. And then after a week or two, like, oh, like I, I feel so much better. And like, I lost a couple pounds, like, and we haven't even jumped into keto. We're just cleaning, you know, the, the, you know, lifestyle choices up. And so right. holistic health is everything, you know, it's your perspective it's your nutrition, it's your exercise and, or the, their lack thereof. So, yeah, no, I love the perspective part. That is what intrigues me. And so I'm a big, um, a big self-love, self po positive self-talk advocate because I struggled with body dysmorphia for a really long time. I think I mentioned that. Yeah. Um, and I and still do. Yeah, I still do to an extent. Um, and I don't know that that'll ever go away, but it, it is definitely affected by your mindset, where your thoughts are, if you're talking positive about yourself and, and things like that. So um, that, that's super awesome. So I wanted to ask you kind of what your keto approach is. Like, how do you take keto and make it fit for you? So like everyone has their, their optimal ratios and their optimal, um, optimal intake and stuff. So how does it fit for you? So I got really crazy with tracking macros before even I found out about apps with just using a notebook and a spreadsheet and everything. And I did that for years. And now, you know, I'm stoked on my body composition, my energy, my strength and like everything. So I just, I mean, I don't even know, like I go through times where I'm like, all right, let's, I'm curious, let's, you know, track what I'm doing. But I just did it so long that I intuitively know or not intuitively know. I directly know because I at least still weigh out my proteins and, measure my fats to a degree, but not really. I just kind of remember like if I'm making this meal, this, 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 and that, or I feel hungry, let's eat some more. And I've been doing that for like six months and I've been maintaining exactly, you know, where I'm at. So I don't know, like, I know it's tedious to track and to do this and that and prep and all that, or not prep, but I mean, that's actually the easy part, but I did that for so long. Now I just kind of go with how I feel. And that intuitive part is just if I'm hungry, I'm just going to eat, you know, Dr. Westman's yeah. like the three golden rules that you can just, if you're following keto, high fat, moderate protein, low, low carb, three golden rules. If you're hungry, eat, if you're not hungry, don't eat. And if you're thirsty, well, that means you're dehydrated. You should probably drink more water, add some salt to it. Right. Um, yeah. So no, I love that. I, I love that. <laughs> sometimes I actually feel like I'm eating too much, but then I'm like, well, I don't know, maybe that day required it. And I mean, yeah. you know, I still maintaining no. and feeling good. So I just kind of go yeah. with how I feel. 
No, I think that's awesome because I think a lot of people uh, in, would envy you. I think, I mean, I know that I do. I envy the fact that you intuitively eat and that, um, that because I'm a tracker. I've always been a tracker. Even before keto, like calorie counting, macro counting was always my thing. And so sometimes I work with clients who have that same, like that they just get super stressed out with tracking. Like it, it, it almost makes their progress non-existent like they can't progress because they have that fear of tracking or um it stresses them out and so i i'm not stressed out by it sometimes i get that way but i'm just a data person and i think that that's why i like tracking so much but i envy you for the intuitive eating um i love that so now are you you have a girlfriend or are you married I have a girlfriend. And just to talk about what you were just saying, uh, two things is one, I do test my glucose quite often. Ketones every now and then. I feel like I've been doing it for so long. Like I know I can produce ketones and without supplements or like long-term fasting just because I've built my meals right, you know, and I've been doing it so long to figure out what works. But, you know, the intuitive part, it it took time. You know, I Mm -hmm. did every day track and, you know, mess with things and, uh, that was even before I got a, a glucometer. So then once I got a glucometer, I could take it to the next level and really see what's going on. And But yeah, ever since, it's just like, you know, I just do what I feel is best because I did get that data before I did do the work. And now, you know, I kind of, but at the same time, like I do go through times where I have cravings. Like I've just, I really want this. And so we indulge from time to time, but it's still keto friendly. You know, mm-hmm. like I made Jimmy Moore's uh, keto eggnog recipe the other night and it was like, ended up being four eggs and two cups of almond milk unsweetened. So it was like, I think four eggs and like 80 calories on top of that. Yeah. And it just, I don't know, it tasted great. And I was like, well, I ended up drinking the whole thing, but I was, you know, I got to look at the macros again, but it wasn't that much. It was just four eggs worth. Right. So I had a mini meal, but right. because I didn't include a bunch of starch or sugar, doesn't mess me up the next day. I just did a little bit longer of a fast and I work out fasted pretty much every morning. So yeah. it worked out well. But yeah, to your other yeah. question, yeah, Jackie, she's my girlfriend. We've been together for going on two years and um, yeah, I've been living together for a little while now and she's great. We met awesome. because uh, she's an athletic trainer and went through prehab for my knee surgery a couple of years ago. And it just, you hit it off from there, huh? <laughs> we spent so much time together over the course of five months that, yeah, yeah. yeah. it was like a year later that we started actually dating. So it's funny oh, how it worked awesome. out. So is she keto as well? Yeah, she's uh, she's yeah. been messing with it for quite some time. And mm-hmm. she's been, I actually shared that episode with you, with her, because I think it would help her with, with a lot of different pieces that she's gone through with. You know, so she's a former Taekwondo athlete um, for many years, and that's what led her into athletic training. So with that sport, there's a lot of weight cuts, a lot of like, you know, crazy cuts they have to do and a lot of, you know, um, obstacles that come from that, that develop into long-term things. So she's been, you know, working through some of that stuff. And I thought what you guys were talking about with your story and journey would really help her. So she actually really enjoyed that on her way home from work the other night. And, um, yeah, so, you know, we, we set out some new goals. We set out some, some action items and some accountability pieces and, you know, a plan. And so, um, starting now, or I think it was like a couple of days ago, she just like wanted to do it and just, you know, journal when she has things come up and reach out to people like yourself just to for inspiration and things like that so I love that and I would more than love to talk to her if she has any questions or is you know just curious about what I've been through or what I go through so make sure to let her know that um I think it'd be great I've been sharing your account with a lot of uh, female clients and friends just because you know I'm learning as I go about the female body and the different things you gotta tweak especially listening to other you know people in the field that are female themselves but I can't relate 
to them yeah. because I'm, I'm a male, you know, not a female. Yeah. So um, being able to have that relatableness, I think is huge. Cause I mean, three people can tell one person the same information, but whoever resonates most with them is who they're going to, you know, take the information in from. So definitely appreciate yeah. that. No, I totally agree. And I think that it is, uh, it is so crazy how different females bodies are. So like mine, I particularly know that if I'm not between 78 to 81% fat daily, especially when I'm doing what I'm doing, like a cut, um, then I am not optimal in the gym. I'm not optimal in my daily life. I just don't feel good. And so, you know, for me knowing that, um, it helps and it also helps me to apply it to other people. So trying to figure out where they feel their best as well. Mm -hmm. Um, because a lot of women, you know, require more carbs and I'm not saying, you know, the carbs that are crazy, you know, whatever, but, um, you know, more veggies, more nuts, things like that, that, you know, they, they just need more of. So, um, it, it is, it is a complicated thing. The woman body, unfortunately, our hormones and stuff are, are not kind a lot of times, but, um, and that can be very frustrating as a female too. So, and I'm sure you see that as a coach, you probably. <laughs> yeah. Especially that, when but... they're testing, you know, glucose and ketone levels and they're like, Oh, you know, my, my cycle's starting soon and I'm getting like a high glucose and no ketones for some reason. I'm like, it's okay. You know, yeah. and then what I've been messing with, with, um, friends and female clients is doing like what Ryan Lowry talks about, like a protein up, you know, instead of, uh, doing like a high carb, you know, or not high carb, but like doing a carb up on that, those couple of days, you know, introducing some more protein and lowering the fat a little bit and just seeing which one works. And I've been noticing from their feedback that they enjoy the protein ups and the lower of the fat, keeping the carbs the same, um, and getting tremendous benefit from it. And so that's, but I have been learning more and more. I think Allie Miller was just talking about that with doing, you know, mm-hmm. not crazy, but like 20 to 30 extra carbs a day for women before their cycle for yeah. a couple of days before, just to kind of, you know, get in there and change things up. And she was talking about like leptin issues and like how I actually experienced this with some uh, females is the leptin response and that they're not being hungry at all. And I was like, mm-hmm. maybe we need to give you some carbs, like go eat a sweet potato. And then that fixed them. And then they saw progress a couple days after and I was like all right so yeah yeah, just learning more of that stuff is uh you know definitely helpful but being like connect with you and stuff is going to be more powerful I think um another another thing that I would recommend uh, in addition to like a carb up or a protein up is to up the fats so lower the protein a little bit and up the fats I find that a lot of my female clients who do more of like a fat fasted day where they're like where their fats um it's usually like a day or two into their cycle they will do a fat fast basically where they consume just like healthy fats Mm -hmm. all day whether it be like in fat bombs that they may or, um, you know, fatty coffee or whatever, and they feel much more satiated, they have less cravings, and then they also don't feel as bloated because I find that the clients that try to do the protein going up a little bit, they feel bloated. So yeah. that that's one thing that I utilize with clients and that I utilize with myself. So you could try that as well. Yeah, that's um, good. And I mean, when I say protein up, they're already lower protein than they've ever been right, used to. So right. they're already feeling pretty good from that. And then just, you know, adding 10 to 15 extra grams of protein, you know, yeah. Um, but yeah, I'll definitely uh, see how that goes. I have a friend and his wife that are like super into, you know, keto and they tried it before they rushed the process. They tried cutting macros and doing intense workouts in the first couple of weeks. And I was like, all right, you got to slow down. So now, you know, yeah. this time around they're having success. So I'll mention that to you just, you know, one day a week or so, just try a, 
a fat yeah. fast, but especially like you said, two days into the cycle, like that'd be really helpful. So thanks. Yeah, yeah, of course. And maybe she's watching right now on Instagram, so we'll see. <laughs> <laughs> um, now let's let's go back to talking about clients and uh, like how usually about that second or third week is when they want to give up, but that's when like the true adaption happens. So. What are, do you find that several of your clients or, or the majority of people are giving up around that time? And like, how do you encourage them to push through or to not? Because that that is a struggle for me as a coach is to to get people to see and open their eyes. And that's why I love this podcast is because people listen and they they listen to your voice and they tell you you tell them, you know, what you need to do. So getting them to understand getting past that third or fourth week is when it truly like happens. Like how can we as coaches instill that into our clients? Like what would you say? So if I'm hearing you correctly, like how would we help support them over that hump and like preparing for it or like, would it, yeah, would like, okay. like I, 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 I find that they, like, I encourage clients to reach out to me, like, especially if you're feeling weak, if you, if you feel like you're about to, to eat off keto or whatever, like, let's get you over this, this phase where it's important for you to, you know, when that adaption truly occurs, which is like four to six weeks for people into ketosis and into that really good state of it. Mm -hmm. Like, how do you encourage your clients to just like push through it instead of going off plan and then having to start the process all over again? Yeah, for sure. And I mean, to be quite honest, like all my private clients, I only take on so many at a time because I tell them like, mm-hmm. shoot me a text whenever, like hit me up, we'll set up a you know quick little call to get over those things throughout whatever yes. process. As long as you're a client of mine, you're a friend of mine and you, you're, you have direct access to me. Um, so with that being said, the beginning part, we don't stress really um, the macros and things like that the first week or two. We want them to get comfortable with like give some example meals, like just get the fat in, cut the crap out, cut the sugars, mm-hmm. the alcohol, the grains, you know, the starches, and just really get used to that. And then we can start, right. you know, but I also make it very clear that at this point, you're also going to want to make sure you're getting the electrolytes in. So here's some certain foods to aim for. Make sure you use salt on your foods, make sure you stay hydrated and let's, let's like chill on the workouts. If you're not getting into workouts yet, like, like, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of my clients are 40 and older. So I'm like, if you're not working out, and you done whatever, you know, like let's, let's let the body reset and chill. Yeah. That way we do have a shot of adapting without suffering. But then all these other tools, as you're aware of, like using MCT oils quite you know, regularly or getting exogenous ketones in there, you know, all these things can help mitigate that. And then if it does occur, you know, we'll just ramp some more things up as in like bone broths and things like that. And just really just stay on it for a day or two because you know dr westman talks about that it's a small portion of the population that actually goes through keto flu everything Mm -hmm. that i've experienced in that department is all personal experience from when i did it in season and improperly didn't really know Mm -hmm. or didn't know at all more than half of what i know now and so when i did it again it worked well but then also you know if you just do things appropriately you don't force things you don't try being like in a cut phase right off the bat where you're not adapted you know you don't create these stressors you're not going to have that response and if you do just you know it's where the support system comes in yeah like just where's the vision you know what are you trying to accomplish like let's stay on it try these things have you implemented them and you know if if you are one of those unfortunate people and you did everything correctly it's okay just Mm-hmm. Try to chill on the workouts or like what Ryan Lowry talks about, just get a, you know, a crazy hit workout and right then and there, you know, supplement, get over that hump and then, mm-hmm. 
you know, but most people don't want to do that. So, yeah, no, no. And I, I feel like, um, I, I've heard numerous times, you know, people sign up for one-on-one coaching and then they're like, well, I didn't want to bother you. I didn't want to reach out. And it's so hard to get them to understand, like, no, I am your support system. You may be three hours behind me, but you, yeah. I am who you reach out to. So that's, I think that's the hard part as a, as a coach and just getting them to understand that that's, that's, uh, that's where we come in. That's why well, we're them. doing what we're doing. Doing. I let them know. Yeah. I, I set reminders in my calendar to text, you know, X, Y, yes. Z. Just, hey, what's up? How's it going? Every single day. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I, I know there's there's coaches who only do like weekly check-ins and I just don't see the benefit in that. Like, how are you really making sure that this is working for them? So it, it's it's comforting to hear that you have the same approach, that you care for your clients just as much, you know, as, as I would. And that that's so awesome. Um, well, you said we're not just trying to make a buck, you know? Like, yeah. Yeah it's easy to make money, but like to actually have an impact and to support people is a different thing. And you, know, you can tell just having a conversation with either one of us, like that's why we're doing what we're doing yeah. and why we're having success and we're helping people is because we're not just trying to make money. So if yeah. you're just trying to make money, you can go sell one-off meal plans for people. And yeah. then, you know, you're on your own, you know, and I've had friends yeah. that have done that. They've bought things and like, I can't believe all these things you're sharing that they didn't share that would have helped me. And it's something as simply as like making sure you add salt to your food. It's yeah. like, so yeah. yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah. No, I agree. Um, now, do you have a lot of your BMX like friends and um, like people that do keto as well or that you've influenced? So I have some friends that have dabbled it. One of my friends actually introduced me to it um, in 2016 when I wasn't really like, that's when I first like had a fat coffee, like a bulletproof coffee. He told me, he's like, hey man, you got to check out this bulletproof diet book and <laughs> I was like, man, this, I don't really drink coffee. I've been starting to because the pro one is working. I'm just adding some coconut oil and stirring it, but it like, separates. It's kind of weird, but this is great. It's like, <laughs> you know, this this froth that gets built up in it, and like I could drink yeah. this. And um, yeah, it just BMX community. So there's there's a lot of context that's missing from this conversation. And that's what I try to share. And uh, Ryan Lowry and I actually on his podcast, he put up a um, he, his team edited a a section that we were talking about with athletes and doing it properly off season and making mm-hmm. sure you adapt before you try getting crazy back with the workouts. And so when I first tried it, it was in season and I suffered and it just yes. didn't work well. Um, but I know a lot, I get a lot of pushback from athletes in general because they're like, oh, you can't do keto and then have this because you need the glycogen, you need the glucose, like all this. And I'm like, what about if that's true, which it's been proven it's not to a degree, but if that's right. true, what about fat adapting? And then Jeff Fuller and Steve Finney's work where they were doing the faster study at muscle biopsies every day. What if you use as a tool to fat adapt? So when you go from 20% fat burning during an anaerobic state, but you can increase to 70%, yeah. anaerobic like why wouldn't you want to do that you don't yeah. have to be keto during that time you could eat you know smart carbs you know like sweet potatoes and berries and you know vegetables but like why not put the work in to adapt to this dual fuel source and predominantly burn body fat which creates less stress in the body anyways and like you know so there's so still you're... a giant <laughs> Yeah, no. So you agree that for someone who is an endurance athlete or for someone who does like intense exercise, things like that, weightlifting, you agree that it's better to just take the time to adapt and to fully get your body like where it needs to be before you start throwing all of those crazy exercises at it. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, yeah. targeted keto works. I mean, I don't, I don't believe in cyclical keto, you know, but targeted keto, as long as you're doing it appropriately, which is 
you know, no more than like 100, 150 grams of carbs a day, unless you're like a crazy cyclist athlete, which you probably still don't need that much if you're doing it correctly. Yeah. But um, yeah, hundred yeah, no, percent, like that's people don't want to work though. They don't want to do yeah. the work. So no. it's like, you can't fat adapt in the off season and then introduce the carbohydrates based on your performance times. Like, and I right. do that every now and then I mess with that, you know, it's nothing crazy, like 20 grams, but mm-hmm. and I don't really see a big benefit from it, you know, but I'm yeah. just BMX riding. I'm not, you know, doing some no, kind yeah. of, you know, other sport that may, you know, like boxing, maybe like, I don't know. I, I think that, I don't know. So I'm still learning about the sports and comparing them to BMX. We're lost in BMX. Yeah. You know, it's, it's small. So there's not a much research, especially with a ketogenic diet. So, um, but yeah, no, I believe if you fat adapt, you can get improvements in any sport because then when the carbs are introduced, you can, and then brain health. I mean, that's why I do it. Yeah. yeah. TBIs, you know, if you've had concussions or anything, you need at least exogenous ketone supplements to help, you know, mitigate the effects of that. So I kind of want to ask you about your opinion on like football and the concussions and the things like that, that people go through, like, how do you think it, they would benefit like from that, from a ketogenic diet to heal, like all of those hits that they take in the, in the NFL, like all of those things. Yeah. Is that something that you want to spread like awareness about? Yeah. And I, I mean, I do that with BMX, you know, I talk about my mm-hmm. past concussions, you know, I've had more than I'm proud of and one of them saved my life. So I'm not too, you know, I'm not, I'm not closed off about anything that I talk about, but with football and like things like even soccer, you know, like mm-hmm. it's like all those micro traumas or gnarly traumas, like it still damages the brain. And I mean, that's what ketogenic com and Dr. Ryan Lowry and them are doing research on is with NFL athletes is getting the exogenous ketones in before and after whether they're eating yes. whatever it's just, you know, and at the end of the day, you know, you're going to do what you love to do. Like no one should take that from you. But if you accept the risk, you know, BMX, there's risk. I've been knocked out, you know, like many times I have friends that have been knocked out. Like that's a risk that we accept. So then thereafter, if you learn information of how to help support you through that, you're being irresponsible to you, your family, your friends, and the rest of the community that cares about you. If you don't try to take those measures to be, you know, extra cautious. So for me, I, I wear a proper certified helmet and a mouth guard and then yeah, ketones, yeah. ketogenic diet. So, so you utilize BHB, correct? Yeah. Exogenous ketones for those who are listening and don't know what BHB yeah. is. Uh, Jimmy Moore pointed that out to me the other day. He's like, you do realize when you say BHB, people aren't aren't gonna know if they're just new to the community. So exogenous ketones. Um, and I I used to not be an advocate for them. Um, just because I feel like they've been pushed so much into yeah. saying you can cheat on keto and these BHB salts will put mm-hmm. you back into ketosis. Like it's directed in the wrong direction. Um, so I, for the last two months have been incorporating it prior to my workouts and I work out fasted as well. So I have found a huge, huge benefit into my workouts. I just have so much more endurance. I have so much more just, I feel like I can go longer, stronger, things like that. So how long have you been incorporating BHB or exogenous ketones? Yeah, I love how you explain that because that's my problem. Like getting into the science stuff, I like expect everyone to know what these terms are. So like, yeah, BHB, beta hydroxybutyrate, so there are massages yeah. <laughs> ketone, you know. But um, so it, to to the point you made, like, and even earlier, like people making money off keto, it. it Exogenous ketone supplements, it's like, yeah, you don't want to do the work, you know, F that, like use uh-huh. ketones to be in ketosis. It's like, that doesn't mean anything. Like, it doesn't mean that your body knows what to do yeah. and can do that on its own. You don't want to take supplements all the time to be in a state of ketosis so you can go eat right. your cake. You want to get your body to do its work so you can heal the body. It's not about being in this cool state of ketosis because 
you're not going to get that much benefit from just taking a supplement if you're still eating garbage. So the marketing piece, I mean, it makes sense. It gets the conversation going. I could see it either way, depending mm -hmm. on the integrity of that brand. But at the end of the day, I, I can't stress enough to my clients and just, you know, anyone in general, it's a tool. Mm -hmm. You being in acidic ketosis is meaningless unless there's other context added to the equation. So we're really looking to become fat adapted and ultimately being able to use both fuel sources when we come in contact with them. So with ketones, I was really resistant to using them for a while. Like the only yeah. thing I would use is MCT oil because I'm like, all right, my body still has to make them on their own endogenously. So it's technically, technically not an exogenous ketone supplement. But then I learned, started learning more about brain health and then TBIs and concussions, all these things. And I was like, man, like maybe I could benefit just from using them just for no reason other than, you know, fixing the damage of the mitochondria in my brain that aren't, you know, potentially working properly because of all the traumas I've had to my brain. So then it started there. And then I got um, introduced to experimenting with them as a pre-workout. And mm -hmm. I've seen, you know, a lot of great benefit. Like you were saying, like I've done workouts before, same program. Um, actually, this, this uh, block I'm on right now. I did the week one without them and then week two, same, nothing different, just, uh, you know, just serving in ketones and I wasn't dying at the end because it's like my coach now is like training me because he's like, yeah, like you're not competing anymore so I can try and torture you through your training. Oh and gosh. I'm not worry about it. So my legs were just like not there one day. They just felt gone. And uh, the next yeah. time I did it felt, felt decent. You know, I still, you know, yeah. kicked my ass, but I still felt a little bit better. So yeah, I use them like that. And then just, I mean, Ketologic's. Patriot Pop yeah. is a delicious flavor. So I just put, you know, three quarters or a whole scoop in my, you know, one of these things and just sip on it throughout the day and get yeah. a little ketones in there. There's no other purpose just than, you know, what it's doing for my brain and tastes good. So Yeah. And, you know, I feel like when I, if I need just that extra boost, especially when I'm doing a lot of um, like work, like if I'm typing up articles or doing a lot of client work, I will drink the exogenous ketones just to kind of give me that mental boost. Yeah. And I love that. Like I, I love finding ways to utilize it and it not being the focus of it's weight loss or it's this like it it can benefit you in so many That's different ways i hate that ketones will help you lose weight yeah kind of <laughs> they're involved in the process but they don't directly right. help you lose weight and that's what people buy into and then they buy all yeah. these couple hundred dollar like bundle packs to do this get you in ketosis and it's like there's no other context like what you're eating outside of that supplement and it's just annoying because yeah. And people are like, I didn't lose weight. Keto sucks because I didn't, you, won't, you didn't do it right. <laughs> yeah, you didn't do it right. You used all of this process crap that, you know, and you didn't focus on the true purpose of being in ketosis, of, of what you're doing. And so that, that's one thing that bothers me is I have people um, close to me who will say, well, I've lived without carbs for this long. I can, I, I don't need to do keto to, to heal my body or to do this. Like that is just, th comments like that. Oh, okay. I can't. I just need to lose weight. So I'll go on a low fat diet um, and, and not worry about my actual body health, my mental health, things like that. That's those things get under my skin. So, yeah. No, for um, sure. <laughs> yeah. So, um, was there anything that you wanted to hit on? I, I, you know, obviously wanted to hear your story and wanted other people to. I think that people are going to find this really amazing. You gave some great info. Um, so is there anything you wanted to, to say or uh, get out there for people to hear? 
Um, I think we touched on everything, you know, uh, everything I believe in with, you know, nutrition, mindset, and fitness. But the only things I, I mean, we touched on it with the story, but I'm really a big advocate of if you feel like there's something wrong and you think you need a scan, like medical imaging saved my life. And so right. I don't think it's fair for people to be, you know, persuaded against it because their doctor says it's not necessary because no one knows your body better than you. So at the end of the day, like, you know, medical imaging is super important. Um, and then uh, thereafter, yeah, I don't know. I think we touched on everything. Um, yeah. So uh, you guys, if you follow us on Instagram, um, you'll know that we're both actually doing the Keto 30 Ketologic Challenge, which I'm super excited about. Um, are you going to be doing the actual challenge, taking all of the supplements? Um, so I'm going to be taking all of them except for, well, let's see, I'm, I'm going to be using it, but I'm not going to be doing it every day with a meal replacement. Okay, but my gotcha. dad and Jackie are full on, and that means the That's world to right. me. So. I'm 100% about, you know, uh, supporting it. And I mean, I already use the the BHB and I already eat low-carb yeah. meals. Um, so the supplement, yeah. the meal replacement is just going to be, you know, I'm, I have a lot of flying coming up the next two months. So just using it on the trips yeah. as I normally do, you know. And, but yeah, yeah, no, I'm, I'm full on for it. And I think it's going to help a lot of people, at least I transition too. too. You know, it's a great tool for that. Yeah. So the, the one thing that I've been getting a lot of questions about is uh, why are you recommending a supplement or a shake instead of whole food, you know, keto? And so that's one thing I wanted to, to address is like it, it's a it's a good quality shake. It is literally the best shake that I've tried. Um, but we're, we are promoting whole food keto. You're eating two low carb, really yeah. good quality <laughs> meals. So, you know, that's that's one thing that um that aggravated me about it. But I think it's cool that you have people that are supporting you. My husband's doing it with, with me too. I've been incorporating it into my cut for the past month. So seeing some good results, but I'm super excited to be doing it together. I think that's going to be awesome. So yeah, for sure. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, they're cool people. You have to come out and, uh, when John's back in town and come out yeah. and visit Raleigh and see their uh, office and all that. Yeah, I haven't seen that, but John's really nice. I love him. so. Um, but we will have to get together soon. And I 100% can't thank you enough for taking the time out of your day to be a part of this podcast. And I'm super excited to get your story out there more than it already is and for people to hear more about you. So where can people find you um, if they want to learn more about you? Uh, so it's pretty easy. Any social media platform that I do have, it's just at Josh Perry BMX, uh, joshperrybmx.com. And I'm most active on Instagram. So if you shoot me a comment or DM, I do my absolute best to respond to every single one I see in a reasonable time. Um, <laughs> but yeah, yeah, it's pretty straightforward. It's Josh Perry BMX. And yeah, thank you for your time and the opportunity to share, you know, and um, it's just great connecting with like-minded people. Like first person I've uh, been able to, you know, unofficially meet, but in North Carolina, that's, you know, an advocate of keto and got great results and is promoting it in a positive manner and, yeah. you know, real, real food keto, you know, instead of just, mm -hmm. you know, going to McDonald's and taking the bun off a burger, you know, so it's, uh, it's really important yeah. to me, but, um, yeah, we'll have to get together. And I know, uh, his name's Connor from, uh, keto matrix. Oh, Alistair. Alistair. Why do I think Connor? Yeah. Oh, your Connor, son. Connor's is, my yeah, son. That's what he yeah. was talking about. Yeah. Okay. Because I thought there was a pun there, but when he said, but yeah, that makes sense. So um, I've been talking to him too about trying to do like a meetup with everyone and getting Jimmy from South Carolina mm -hmm. to come meet up too. Um, I think he's got some plans for that. So it'd be awesome to get that together and yeah. you know just share the love with other other people and get to meet and yeah. yeah. It's going to be cool. So if you live in North Carolina, be on the lookout for some pretty awesome things hopefully coming our way next year. So, um, sure. but Thank you again. It was awesome. Uh, and I will be talking to you again soon. Sounds good. Yeah. Thanks for your time and have a great day.